0: Hi, my beautiful Rabia. Hey, gorgeous. How are you? I'm recovering. How are you? (laughs) Same. Same. I'm in a state of meh. I'm just a meh. Meh. But we're here, and we recorded an episode on Monday. This episode that you are going to hear, we recorded on Monday. And since then, a couple of things have come up that we need to clear up because... Having any kind of inaccuracies online is something that I don't want to speak for you, Rabia, but that neither of us
1: will tolerate. Oh, yeah. I mean, but but look, here's the thing. That is just how the internets operate. But it is our job when we're able to set the record state at least once. You're not able to like – it's like playing whack-a-mole with the internet. You can't get to everybody. But at least if people want to know, did – Ellen or Robbie, I set the record straight on X. It's out there. Yep. I, I do want to say when we recorded this on Monday, just to give some context, we had all just returned from Dallas. Right? We had all just returned from the Obsessed Fest. And so you're going to be hearing us unpack what happened.
0: Yeah. But before that, so you know I love to quote my queen, Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. And like Maya Angelou said, develop enough reading. courage so that you can stand up for yourself. So then you can stand up for someone else. But I will be very honest with you, standing up for myself does not come naturally to me. I am much more comfortable standing up for other people.
1: I can attest to this. (laughs) This has been a very long, ongoing, long-standing conversation between Ellen and I, yes.
0: Yes. But I do talk a lot and I do kind of need to start listening to myself because I do tell people to not tolerate, I tell people don't tolerate when others treat you poorly and that you're allowed to set boundaries and things that you're not willing to tolerate and that's sort of what we're gonna do here really quickly before our episode. But I do want to say this before we start and that is that while there has been no corroborated evidence to suggest anything has happened about what I'm going to say. I do believe in supporting your people with your downloads or with your wallet if you're able or with your reviews. There are many ways you can support your favorite creators. And I do believe that all is fair when you have a public persona and you expose yourself to people's opinions. I mean, we've both done that so many times.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I... (laughs) Not a day goes by that I think is today the day I delete myself from the internet. But yeah. Right,
0: right. But I would like to say that both Robbie and I believe that uh, bullying and harassment can happen. It can come in many different forms and it can show up in many, many different ways and different places. That can be making threats to releasing any kind of identifiable information about someone. Doxing. Yeah. Any kind of malicious or unwanted contact. Contact. Um and I do believe our audience to be very kind and I don't believe that anybody needs this reminder who is listening but if there is any confusion as to where we stand everybody is entitled to their opinion no matter how harsh or loving it may be
1: may I say though you are not enti- none of us are entitled to anybody else's opinion People can hold opinions. I'm really tired of watching people demand people take a public stand. I don't. Oh, think that, that's right. also a, that's also a kind of harassment. Right. So, uh, you none of us are entitled to anybody else's like opinion. Like, let you know what I mean. If they don't say something, assume what you want. Fine. Right. But please don't harass people because you like you. You're demanding, and this happens not on on this just this issue. I get this all the time. Yeah. Why aren't you sure. talking about X? Why aren't you talking about Y? Why? I don't always want to talk about X, Y. And people have shit happening in their lives. People have a lot of serious stuff they're dealing with. They're dealing with real-life stuff, too. Not everything is in the front of your brain all the time or yeah, priority.
0: Totally agree. So I just wanted to make it very clear and just say in black and white that Rabia and I do not support or condone any kind of harassment, online or otherwise. Yep. And we we are just here today to set the record straight about our thoughts and feelings um, about the events. So I'm gonna start by saying that there was a statement put out by Mischief Management that was the, what do you call it? The, the, the party planners of
1: Obsessed And yeah, they the organizers, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and they were, this statement was riddled with inaccuracies and I would like to address them publicly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For our YouTube watchers, we'll put the screen image of the statement but for now, I'm just going to point out some of the things that were in there because you know I love a receipt. And all of our findings and everything that we have spoken about is all backed by video, audio, or picture.
1: Or actual people who were or there. Or actual
0: witnesses. Yeah, <laughs> we mean, do have that too. Yeah. The statement reads, At ObsessedFest 2023, we were alerted that there had been a confrontation beginning in the hotel space involving Ellen Marsh, Collier Landry, and Taryn Newell all of which left the parties feeling accosted and traumatized. Okay. Then it goes on to say, upon their arrival to the event space, our staff took quick action to assure guests were separated and escorted to their respective scheduled location. Uh, this is inaccurate. I walked myself to my location and nobody from mischief came to me until after me and Robbie's taping. And I would like to say again, I'm going to say this in the episode, but my personal handle, handler, Gabby, was lovely. Yeah. It goes on to say that Joey confronted their staff, strenuously insisted that Mr. Landry and Miss Newell all be removed from the event, or they would no longer meet the rest of their obligations. I don't know if you know Joey Toronto. <laughs> Joey is. In a time of crisis, he is cool as a cucumber, and this this statement goes on to make it seem like Joey was aggressive, and there's video footage to prove that he was anything but aggressive. And also, my producer was the one who asked for them to be removed. We did tell them that we didn't feel safe to go on with the event, and so uh, when they did not honor our request, we continued with our event, off-site. And, we, and that like, event, by
1: the way, was a meet and greet, which means it was kind of wide open. You, you could have been exposed to potentially anything.
0: Right. Yeah. And that was our concern. If they had been scheduled for events, we wouldn't have asked them to leave. Our meet and greet went on for two and a half hours. Uh, it was far beyond our, our, our scheduled hour. And then it says in the statement that our producer attempted to use events resources to promote their offsite event. Those resources included Harris telling the line that we're outside. We had, that we're outside. Yeah. But what Melissa Anelli left out was, she said to our line of listeners, Ellen and Joey have decided not to do this meet and greet. And we have nine in writing witness statements that separately all attested that that was her verbiage. Uh, it also says that Harris left of her own volition, this is a lie, We've subpoenaed the footage from the convention center. Melissa Anelli physically escorted Harris Lane and our friend uh, Joshua Dorsett off the premises all the way to the convention center door. It then said that, quote, we communicated that we would do anything in our power to keep Mr. Toronto and Mrs. Marsh, Uh, and they said, that they could not fulfill the rest of their obligation. This is a lie. Nobody from mischief management spoke to us at all. It says they offered to reschedule our meet and greet. This is a lie. That was never offered to us. Yep. None of these things were offered to us. We did not make the choice to pull out from the event. We were forced to pull out from the event because we were the only ones that gave consideration to our
1: You met your obligations. You met and greeted everybody who wanted to. In fact, probably more people who could have gotten in in that hour. You met your obligations in a way that you were able to keep yourself safe, basically.
0: So to that statement,
1: the lack of
0: accountability, the lack of, Oh, while we fucked up to them, I say, fuck off because you cannot put things in print and expect people to take it as gospel. Just because you say it doesn't make it true. And Nothing was done to make the experience better for the attendees, and it certainly was not done in our best interest. And um, I think Melissa and Ellie loved that, and you can quote me.
1: I just wanna say that um, when I read the statement, that's what really, <laughs> cause I thought you didn't have to say anything. Yeah. You actually didn't have to say anything, especially because you yourself were admitting, I haven't seen video footage, you haven't spoken to Joey, or um, Ellen or Ashley, or anybody who was a witness to anything you've spoken to, nope, you didn't have to make a single statement. And then the entire tone of the statement was obviously to make it look like you and Joey were instigators. Yep. And that, and I was there. I mean, I wasn't, I was in the periphery the entire time. And as things were happening in real time, I am, we're all connected constantly, right? Like, and I just, I could it made my blood boil. That was mm-hmm. just unacceptable and I got an e- well, I did post and then I got an email from Melissa and anyhow that's all on Instagram but uh, no that you can't get away with such bald-faced I mean, it's bald-faced lies.
0: It was a it was a lot of lies. And I the only thing I can say is that footage has been subpoenaed by the Dallas PD. However, we had verbal confirmation from the security at the convention center who did see the footage that it happened exactly the way that we said. Receipts Receipts, baby. Um, So I want to go on to um, a podcast that was released today. We are recording this Wednesday evening. The podcast released today by Red Handed also contained a few inaccuracies, probably due to a game of telephone, because I only saw Saruti and Hannah on Friday morning. Did you see them at all?
1: I don't even know who they are. Okay. Great. No, I did No, I think I think I've met them once, maybe last year. I don't remember.
0: Yeah, I actually was a big fan of Red Handed until a handful of hours ago. Hannah and Sarudi attested that we tried to quote recruit them to quote our side. I would like to tell you what my recruitment tactics were, if I may. I saw them both in the green room in the morning on Friday. I gave them a hug, hello, and I apologized for missing their live show in New York, which I actually very much wanted to attend and I couldn't. And Saturday night, I passed uh, Saruti in the hallway and I waved and smiled. So I can see how that could be misconstrued as a (laughs) tactic. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: Yeah. They also said they also It's just mis- such
1: a weird language. I don't understand what's meant by that.
0: It's it's actually very irresponsible.
1: No, it's uh well, I mean like but it was it's very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they they again are it's a way to malign you on top of which like you saw them Friday which is before anything. By the way, you know this all happened Saturday, right? Like this, mm-hmm. the, the 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 whatever, um, you getting verbally accosted uh, happened on Saturday. Friday was actually a great day for us. It was a I mean, great day. It was a great day for all of us. And when you had seen them on Friday, nothing had even happened. What is there to recruit them for? I mean, like, I, I don't understand. I, I feel like they might have come into the uh, convention with shit in her head already. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like already, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. The language is just really uh, weird, bad. Not
0: good. Yeah. So uh, again, I, I won't be misquoted. They also said that I said I feared for my life. Ladies, you got a lot of followers. Words matter. This is categorically incorrect. I said I feared for my safety. And I stand by that.
1: Where do they say that you said that? Like, online? At where point were, are they oh, saying they're that you that? Oh,
0: they're recalling the day. It, get, it gets better. Now, remember, this was, behind, this was behind a paywall. This is on their Patreon. Oh, okay. This is really my favorite part. And they said, quote, Ellen says she's afraid for her life. Then the walkout happens. Then she rallies her troops. And if by rallying my troops, you mean fulfilling my obligations to our listeners, who I was there 100% for- then that then that then yes I was rallying my troops I was just trying to fulfill the obligations to our listeners because that's what we wanted to do
1: here's the thing when when all this went down ellen came and talked to those of us who were like literally in her actual orbit those of us who were about to do the live show with her her producer the handler but that's it we didn't say anything to anybody in the audience for the live show you said you didn't bring it up during the um uh, the Christopher narrates your life afterwards. You didn't post anything online about it. But within minutes, it was already on – red because people had witnessed it. Yeah. Other people were posting about it. You actually – So how do you exactly rally the troops? Where was your rallying call? I mean, like, it's just – It just is yeah, uh, uh, mind-blowing that they are, like, saying this kind of stuff.
0: It's interesting you say that I didn't mention anything because you know what Tara said at her panel.
1: Yes, I heard – no, I don't know. I've heard I, this from a couple of people, and I don't... I've heard the audio. You've heard the audio? She, yeah. Okay.
0: There's, it's It's all recorded. Okay. Uh, and she said she wanted
1: to punch me in the face. She said she had just left... Like, she had just... She, she went into her panel right as you were coming into our live show and said something just happened with somebody, and she just wanted to... She, she felt like punching them in the face when it happened. Yep. So I didn't say and, and a word. Ellen said nothing. Ellen no. was a consummate professional and went on with our show in case you guys haven't heard from ellen i work out um i have worked out my most of my life i mean starting from childhood on and off trying all kinds of different things and um, it wasn't until i got a personal trainer about six years ago that my life was transformed getting a personal trainer can be expensive. This is the hard part for a lot of people, but I cannot tell you the impact having a professional, an expert on fitness and knowing how people's bodies work, what it does to make a change in your body, but also what it does to motivate you and keep you accountable. That's why I am so excited for this sponsor. And I'm talking about Copilot. Copilot is an app, but it's not just an app that like tracks your steps or does other things like that. It actually offers a connection to a real-life trainer. You will have an actual trainer working with you who is going to give you personalized workout plans. They're going to do regular progress check-ins, give you support and guidance. And because it's a real person, they're going to connect with you. They're going to design the program around your lifestyle, and you're going to be able to work out at your convenience with or without a gym. That's the whole point. When you have a, an expert, a trainer that you can access easily, you can say, listen, I can't make to the gym. So they'll be like, that's okay. Are you traveling? You're in a hotel room. This is what you're going to do in the hotel room today. Copilot is so much more cost effective than traditional in-person training. And Copilot offers the benefit and support of personal training without the hefty Price tag. As soon as I learned about Copilot, I signed up, and for the last four months, I've been working with a Copilot trainer for the many, many times that I can't actually make it to the gym, which is when I'm traveling and when I'm home and I'm just too overwhelmed, don't have the time. But my Copilot trainer keeps me on track no matter what. You guys know how passionate I am about this entire subject of fitness and taking care of yourself. Heck, I wrote an entire book about it. Check out my memoir, by the way. But I would love for you to follow my lead to get fit and fabulous because so many people ask me how, where to begin, how to start. Co- Pilot is the way to go. So give CoPilot a try to find out why it was listed by Forbes as the top-rated personal training app of 2023. Head to go.mycopilot.com/solve the case to get a 14-day free trial with your own free personal trainer. That's go.mycopilot.com/solve the case and get a free 14-day trial with your very own personal trainer. Take a backseat and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goals. Adulting is hard, but one of the hardest parts of adulting for me has always been to take care of like not just my fam- family's financial needs like this, you know, the needs that we know, like you got to work a job, pay the bills, balance the checkbook. But I mean like, like getting life insurance type of needs. And I've never wanted to take care of that stuff because it just always seemed so daunting. Finally, I took care of it because I found Fabric. Fabric Life Insurance was designed by parents for parents to help us get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. You can get a personalized quote in minutes, then you apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online. It's on your schedule. I went from start to covered in 10 minutes and there was no health exam required, by the way. And if you're not sure whether or not life insurance is right for you, then all you have to do is take their quick 60-second quiz and find out. You have no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. You cancel at any time. And Fabric has partnered with Gerber Life, which is trusted by millions of families like yours, for over 50 years. So join thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com/solve the case. That's meetfabric.com/solve the case. M E E T fabric.com/solve the case. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions.
0: The next statement they make is probably the more most hurtful because Hannah says Ellen claims then and Saruti says, this is so pathetic. And she goes on to say that she was verbally accosted. And then Hannah says, which can you verbally accost someone? And you know what, oh, I really? love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, they'll, you maybe, maybe it'll happen to them one day and they'll figure out what that means. But wait—is Hannah this white lady? Because you know, maybe she hasn't experienced it. A lot of us have experienced being verbally. Oh fast. no!
0: They both—they both jumped on that. Sarudi so is the one who called me pathetic.
1: That's sad. Yeah. That's, so, you know, it's like so unprofessional. It's like, have they even spoken to you? Pleasantries, just pleasantries. No, I mean I, to understand what happened. No,
0: no, they did not ask yeah. me a single question. And I do love this teaching moment for them. So thank you for giving me this opportunity because maybe they just aren't informed. Abuse doesn't always have to be physical, ladies. People can make you feel humiliated or devalued or dehumanized. Anybody who has experienced any kind of abuse would know that. And now these two ladies kept harping on the fact that Tara is a PTSD. PTSD. Of course, these two ladies don't know that I am also diagnosed with CPSD. And the crazy thing was on Saturday, I went into what I now realize was a PTSD trauma response because I I doubted myself. I kept saying over and over again, I'm not being dramatic. I'm not being dramatic. I swear I'm not being dramatic because part of my process of being abused was always feeling like I had done something in order to receive the abuse I was getting. I, in some way, had brought it on to myself. Oh, Ellen, you're just being dramatic. I don't even remember saying that. Amber and my friend Barry told me that I just kept repeating that over and over. So... I would like to apologize for Hannah and Saruti because I feel like if they were victims themselves or they were had any kind of experience in the victim community, they would realize how hurtful their words were, not just to me, but to anyone else. And I'm going to extend the gracious benefit of my doubt that you did not mean to call all of the victims of verbal abuse pathetic. I'll take that one. So I'll take... That it was just me being pathetic because I don't want anybody else who has experienced that to have the power of her words on them. And they kept excusing her behavior due to her PTSD. And while I empathize with the struggles of living with that every day, being trapped in an elevator with someone yelling at you was very uncomfortable. You can have PTSD and also be wrong.
1: Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Your trauma does not give you a pass for mistreating people, for abusing people, for threatening people, for harassing people, for humiliating people publicly. On top of which, I happened to hear a clip of – was it a clip of her? Who's, and, and she had said that she ne- she always has, like, a knife in her purse or something. I mean, like, you know – Yeah, she always carries I, a pocket knife. She always carries a po- pocket knife. I mean, like, also she has said that she blacks out – kind of blacks out when she has these kind of moments – no matter what her underlying triggers or issues are, it is not a safe space for somebody who's experienced, who's like on the receiving end of it. It's just yeah. not.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because Red Handed started off their podcast by saying they were neutral. However, I do, I am fully aware of who they chose to spend their time with during that weekend and how they spoke about me would indicate no neutrality whatsoever. So I do wish the Red-Handed podcast nothing but continued success. And I would just urge them to fact check a little bit better, especially when you're talking about true crime. (laughs) They're completely entitled to your opinion, but misspeaking about actual events is not what we're all here to do, is it? And I want to say one more thing my capacity for forgiveness is vast. And if I was met with a sincere apology, my ability to forgive would have superseded all of that. A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. All Tara had to do was admit she was wrong and apologize. And I would have gone to bat for her and yeah. said, as a PTSD survivor, I can empathize with it. But it was the rewriting of the narrative and the victimhood that is not going to serve in the long run of this story.
1: You know, I mean, here's the thing. I'm thinking a- about this, you know, as a lawyer. And, you know, it serves – if I'm misfit. Uh, mis- what do they, they call them? If I'm mischief management – mischief, mismanagement. If I am mischief management and I did not take the appropriate steps to keep those people safe, you're in charge of security. It actually serves them for Tara to keep tripling down on this. It really does. Cause I'm like, why would they forget the state? They could have just stayed quiet, which has been the smartest thing to do. I don't know if they just don't have a PR, or whatever, or a lawyer to advise them. That would have been the smartest thing to do. But then I realized that this is their way of CYA, they're covering the butts, um, to explain why they didn't do anything to make you safe and it would not help them at all if actually if Tara came forward and said, Yep, I'm sorry, I was not I I really did put her I, I really did put her in a threatening situation. Oh, now. And I, said,
0: yeah. I mean in that morning. I mean she could have yeah. found me after the panel and said I've calmed down. I've had yeah. you know what I mean? Oh now yeah. it's gone. It's done. Yeah. But All right, well... This is what we get to do. We get to set the record straight because this was recorded earlier. And I thank you for giving me the space to say all of that and correct all of those inaccuracies. And I think everybody just needs to take a breath and realize you're talking about real people. And if there's any questions, my DMs are always open.
1: Always. She actually responds, too.
0: And so... Without further ado, we will get on to the episode. I would also like to note it is 6.31 Eastern time on Wednesday, and I still have not heard from Mischief Management.
1: That's all. Noted, for the record.
0: So this is the episode we recorded on Monday. Enjoy. Hi, Rabia, hey Ellen, how's it going? <laughs> it's going great. How are well, you doing? That is such a loaded question. I don't mm. have the time or the dry erase markers. But well, we are here on a very special episode of About Damn Crime. We are here in the general feed. Every week we bring you stories from the true crime headlines. One week in our general feed and one week in our Patreon. This just happens to be our general feed week. If you want to get us About Damn Crime every week, join us on Patreon. Find us there, patreon.com slash Rabia and Ellen. Today we have some guests in the studio because we are doing a recap of an event that we all attended this weekend called Obsess Fest. Before we tell you what that is all about, Rabia, let's welcome our studio guests that we have very special here today for a very special edition of About Damn Crime. Would you do the honors, please?
1: Sure, absolutely, and it's actually the very first time we've ever had guests on About Damn Crime, I think. Um, I think, yeah. I'm not sure. But anyhow, it's the first time these folks have been on. Welcome to About Damn Crime, Joey Toronto and Maggie Freeling.
0: Hello. And Harris Lane is also here.
1: Oh, Harris, are you joining us for the actual uh, episode? I think Excellent. So. I think so.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Harris Lane, executive producer of I Think Not, is also joining us. Welcome. Hi. Okay. Yes, Joey.
2: I'm sorry. I'm 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 a little under the weather. I'm sorry if I sound like Kathleen Turner. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think we are a little under the weather. She sounds hot. We're going to be covering <laughs> a <laughs> bunch does. of. We're going to be covering a bunch of different topics today that all revolve around some things that happened at a big event that we went to this weekend. For those of you who don't know, many true crime podcasters of all shapes and sizes from all over the country this weekend gathered in Dallas, Texas to have a series of events, panels, question and answer, live shows, fun and games. All of these things that it is their sophomore year, their second Obsessed Fest, and that was all arranged by the Obsessed Network, where you might uh, know the founder and creator, Patrick Hines, and his partner, Steve Tipton. And we all attended, and we have a lot of things that we would like to discuss about the event, things that took place, and conversations that we would like to keep going, and things that we learned from there. Where should we start, Rabia?
1: Wow. Um... I'm like, should we start years ago? Like how far in the past? Because I feel like the story does not begin when we landed in Dallas. The story begins earlier than that. And I think folks who are not familiar with the Obsessed Network should understand that most of the the presenters attending um, and presenting were in fact folks who are part of the network uh, and have been. um, So, you know, like Maggie and like, you and joey uh for example and so maybe a little bit of context here is a good idea maybe joey you want to talk or any one of you because i've never been part of the network Mm -hmm. so i think you should talk a little bit about the structure of the network and you got your role there and all that stuff
3: yeah i i started at the network when they started with unjust and unsolved i think it was like even the first show that we put out on the network um it was just kind of a conversation between friends, Patrick being my friend, like, hey, I want to do something with you. What do you want to do? And that's kind of how we conceived Unjust and Unsolved. Um, TCO was already a huge hit, and so we decided to start a network, and that's how I wound up there.
1: But obsessed, What Disappeared was already on.
3: No, because he had started the network with Unjust and Unsolved. Okay, I wasn't sure. I, I, so. didn't, I
0: didn't actually know that timeline. Good to know.
3: I think I'm pretty sure. I don't think OWD was on yet. It could have happened at the same time.
0: We started. Uh, we started recording February 2020. I believe we launched May 2020.
3: Yeah, that sounds like the same timeline for me.
0: Okay, got it.
3: But yeah, I so 2020 I started. So we started talking in 2019, 2020 I started, and I've been done since 2021, 20, maybe 2021 I've been out.
0: And what did you do this weekend at Obsess Fest? What were the things that you participated in?
3: What did I participate in um, I did the wrongful conviction panel which is always freaking incredible and we were so excited that it was like three four times the size as last time Robbie That's was okay. on that with me um, and so was Amber hey, right. and Rebecca Lavoie um, I did that I did like family feud but I very much was just not trying to do a lot this year because it's a lot and it's exhausting so I did as little as
0: possible Joey, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and what you did for and with the network and what you did this weekend?
2: Yes. Hello. I'm Joey Taranto. (laughs) And today I sound like Kathleen Turner. Um, So I joined the Obsessed Network in February of 21, and that's when Patrick decided to step away from OWD. I replaced him. Um, It all happened very quickly. And then... Uh, we decided to revamp the show once we ran out of episodes of Disappeared, and um, here we are.
0: And what things did you participate in this weekend?
2: So I participated in some meet and greets, um, also a panel with you guys for um, Robbie and Ellen Solve the Case, which was so fun. Um, also Christopher Narrates Your Life, which is really one of my favorite things to do. We also did a live show on Friday. Um Yeah, I mean, I was really having a great time until shit hitcheth the (laughs) fanneth.
0: We (laughs) will definitely get to that. And Harris, can you just introduce yourself to our audience so they know who you are and why you're here?
4: Sure. Um, I originally met both Ellen and Rabia through Rabia um, and Ellen through this show um, about a year, a year and a half ago. And then I now am working with um, Ellen and Joey on I Think Not. So I was at Obsessed Fest to help with all of the I Think Not events and panels.
0: So we have so Maggie and Joey worked for the network. Joey and I just left the
1: network September 15th. So Rabia, where should we begin? I think we all know for the last, I think about six months or so, four to six months, there've been some things floating online about tension within the network, unhappiness within the network. Um, some, I think serious allegations of abuse and misconduct, you know, in the network, um, coming from the folks who own the network uh, and mistreatment of like their content creators. And so I think we were all, going to obsess fest because we have a commitment to all the people coming to see us. You know, all the fans come, the listeners come. We love each other. We want to support each other. Some are were contractually obliged to be there. Some were not, like me. I was not contractually obliged to be there. But I am part of the Robbie and Ellen solve the case and we wanted to do our live show. We did not want to, you know, we we wanted to meet our fans. And then I did the wrongful conviction panel. I did a book signing and and I was there last year too. Um and it was great. It was, I mean it's always it was great last year and for the most part it was great this year. But we went in all kind of feeling, a little like let's just let's just make the best of it, and we are there for the people we love, which is our fans. Yep. Um, and then on Saturday morning, something something really awful went down um, with Ellen, and I think this was kind of like it was kind of like the the, the the I don't know. It was like it was. I felt like like we were kind of like in this stress bubble, and this was like the pin that kind of caused like. All of it has just come like unraveling down. Um, but Ellen, I'm going to let you. This is your story. So why don't you tell us what happened on Saturday morning as you were coming to to our live show?
0: Yeah, I was. Harris was with me all weekend long. Um, we actually had. I kind of want to open it up to the group. I actually thought Friday was a pretty good day. Yeah. Um, I think everything went.
1: Well, I was. Your show, Ellen, you and Joey. Your your show show was was
0: absolutely
3: insane,
1: amazing. It was amazing. I mean, and it was packed. And we were all euphoric at the end of it, frankly. It's so there true. You know. yeah. It
3: honestly I Thank don't want to sp-
0: I don't want to speak for Joey, but of course our listeners who have absolutely I, I can't actually put it into words and I actually feel very mundane every time I say, you don't understand the kind of love and support. I feel like like words just fail. Yeah. So I am always grateful for that. But the next level of gratitude seeing our colleagues there seeing Maggie and Daisy and Amber, Rabia, Christopher, Payne, Lindsay, Rebecca, and Kevin, just seeing these people that we share a space with. And we always say how cool it is that we're all so different, that we all bring so much of our own lives and experiences. And all of our shows are under the umbrella of true crime. There is not a, a, touch of competitiveness there is it's just a really beautiful community and seeing you guys there was and enjoying yourselves and laughing was really very i was so i was grateful just beyond measure. You it guys just really know I
3: don't. I don't laugh or smile. I'm very serious. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie's
1: basically dead
3: on the inside. Um, I'm fully dead, but I was smiling like a little child in a candy store. So it was really beautiful.
2: I will say there is something about um, the acknowledgement from your peers that's just so lovely. Like Rebecca Lavoy and Kevin Lavoy almost brought me to Devin tears Flynn. backstage. So what did I say?
3: You said Rebecca. Kevin's last Well, they are, they are brother and sister. So
2: yeah. <laughs> We did. Hit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Ed> lovers. Um, <laughs> yes. No, they almost brought me to tears backstage with their kind words. It was just really a beautiful experience. And especially, you know, when you're an artist and you're putting out your work, it doesn't matter what kind of artist you are, you're sensitive about your ship. You know, and so when it's well received, and you've put so much blood, sweat, and tears into it, um, and it is well received, it's just so meaningful. And um, it was Friday when I hit the when I hit my bed. I just I went to bed very happy and grateful.
1: I have been a mom for over 25 years. That is a lot of meals to cook, and I admit getting stuck in a rut for a long time just making the same stuff over and over. I always envied those moms, and dads too, by the way, who are like, oh, the seasons have changed. I'm going to make something seasonal. Anyhow, my life has been made easier, and my family gets to try All kinds of different things now because of HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you can keep mealtime exciting. You get over 40 recipes to choose from every week, and they are seasonal. So there's always something delicious and fresh and new to discover with HelloFresh. With so many in-season ingredients, you will taste all the freshness of fall in every bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted ingredients. And yes, this is a busy time, especially with the holidays coming around the corner, but HelloFresh makes whipping up a home-cooked dinner actually doable with quick and easy options that include their 15-minute meals. That's a lot less time than it takes just to get delivery. Now, we all know HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime, but did you know it can also save you money? Because HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout. That means you get an easy home cooked meal on the table and more money back in your pocket. Now, if you follow me online and the things I have to say about food and Cooking, you know, I believe in cooking at home, and HelloFresh makes it easy and accessible for everybody. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 solve the case and use 50 solve the case for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, that's go to HelloFresh.com slash 50, the number 50, 50, solve the case, and use code 50 solve the case for 50% off plus free shipping. Thank you, HelloFresh, for sponsoring our show. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. You know, I hit a certain age in my life when I realized how important sleep was. And for some reason, when I was younger, maybe I just took it for granted because I slept like a log, but then something happened to me in my 30s when suddenly sleeping well became a challenge. And you know what? Poor sleep causes all kinds of issues, including mood issues, poor mental health, lower productivity. It is bad for your health. Did you know that sleeping less than six to seven hours per night is linked to reduced white blood cell count? White blood cells protect our body against illness and disease and fighting viruses, bacteria, and more. Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance. So now that I've convinced you how important sleep is, I'm going to tell you how to get great sleep. And that is with Beam Dream Powder. Let me tell you all about Beam Dream Powder. Beam's Dream Powder is a healthy hot cocoa to help you sleep like a baby. I have been using the Chocolate Cinnamon Beam Dream Powder for the last couple of weeks. It is delicious. I put a scoop in some hot milk every night, and before I hit the sack, I just sip on it while I watch TV, and then I just am in la-la land. And they have amazing delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, the cinnamon cocoa that I love, chocolate peanut butter, Believe me, better sleep has never tasted better. And a recent clinical study revealed that Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. You can add me to that 93%, by the way. So find out why Forbes and New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com/solve the case and use the code Solve the Case at checkout. That's shopbeam.com/solve-the-case, and use code Solve the Case for up to 40% off. Listen, you guys, you don't understand. If we had just seen the opening video alone, I would have been like, that was amazing. That would have been enough. Yeah. That video was, oh, Linda Gay, Linda Gay. It was like in my head for days. I mean, like it was the most amazing thing ever. Well, I didn't get a chance to
0: say it. So we did do an opening video, Joey and I. Joey and I have written three live shows in a year and a half it's something that is a lot of work but it is a labor of love because we absolutely love doing it and with every show we've always done an opening video and this year we did a music video and it was written by joey and joel wagner it is a bop but more than that it was edited by joey and if you know anything about editing he put days I'd, oh my I god! You edited it. It was amazing. It, yes. Oh, all on his own. Thank you. And he worked you so hard. Tell. He worked tirelessly on it, and all I would do is like bark changes at him every so often. And he you, guys was- wrote
1: that, <laughs> you guys wrote that song together, right? Like you guys wrote that song. Yeah,
0: the,
2: yeah, we did. Basically, it, it's kind of wild because I just literally sent a voice note to our friend Joel Wagner, who's brilliant. He's brilliant. a brilliant comedian and a brilliant musician. Mm-hmm. And I just sang him the hook. I was like, "Hey, like, I'm Linda Gay. Get the fuck right out my way." And he was like, "Got you." And he just came up with the most absurd, chaotic, ridiculous <laughs> song. Yeah, and way beyond our wildest imagination. And so we were it like, was
1: "Incredible!
2: This is." Well, thank you. I was like, this is next level dummy. I love it.
0: So all to say we were very, very much riding high on this love. And Rabia and I had our live taping, which we had been prepping. We were covering a very, very interesting case that Amber Hunt brought to us. Um, I had heard of it, but had never researched it. We were doing the um, Sebastian Burns and Atif Rafay, uh, uh case. It was wild. Um, So I was going into the elevator in my sequins because Rabia and I, that's our thing. We wear sequins. And I walked into the elevator and I saw two people that I thought were um, listeners, attendees, just smiled and started putting on my shoes when one when the person uh, said, you've made, you know, you've made our life very difficult over the past couple months in my head, I thought she was going to say, because I got busted laughing at work or right. my husband gets so mad because I binge your show. And you you're guys waiting, are for so yeah. mm-hmm. waiting for the punchline. I was waiting for the punchline. But I said, sorry, because I'm also deaf in one ear and I didn't process what this person was saying. And she repeated herself. And I said, what's your name? Because that's usually what I say to a listener when I meet yeah. them. And she said, Tara Newell. And I said, the wheels go because mama doesn't forget a name. And I went, oh, hey, I'm Ellen. Nice to meet you. And I did not read the room because we were not having a friendly conversation. Um, And the other person in the elevator who I did not know was named, what's his name? Collander.
5: No, is it, I mean, what's Collier, right.
0: Collier.
5: Collier? Collier Landry? Collier
0: Landry. I kept thinking, Harris, I kept saying this guy, Brian Landry, kept coming up to me. I don't know why I thought his name was Brian. Is it Brian two- Landry
3: like a disappeared guy or something?
2: Yes, we yes. just covered that case. That's why. Oh,
0: I didn't even put that together. Yeah, he's the young
2: man, the college student in Texas, who's they found his car. car,
0: That's why I kept saying his name like that. Okay, so apparently they have a podcast. Didn't know that either. Apparently they were at the fest. Didn't know that either. And apparently they are working with Obsessed. I don't know. They're doing something with Obsessed Network or they're friends with somebody. They proceeded to explain to me pretty heated. Her more than him that I sent James Renner after them no I didn't and that I my life drama has affected them so much um and then he also proceeded to say that I had an interaction with another host that he witnessed um that did not happen and they uh it, it the, the conversation got heated I then said I said, I'm sorry that you've been brought into this. I've been dealing with harassment and toxic behaviors for years. I'm sorry this has affected you. I said sorry probably about 10 or 15 times. For those of you not seeing us on YouTube, you can see this whole episode on YouTube. But if you are listening podcast style, Pulitzer Prize winning Amber Hunt just joined us and Tony Award winning Daisy Egan just joined us. Anyway, this the whole interaction I said, you know, I would love to talk to you more about this. Unfortunately, I can't, but if you care to see screenshots, I'm happy to send, you know, meaning I didn't speak to James Renner. I I am I am a loudmouth through and through, but Joey will attest that I do not do confrontation. My mom is actually in the chat right now. She will attest that my level of confrontation goes, you know, uh, Pretty zero to like crying in about 0.00 seconds. So I walked away and I approached the line of a huge, like overwhelmingly lovely line of people waiting to see Rabia and I. Um, and in an attempt to say, I, you know, my last piece, which is, I'm sorry you've been brought into this. Um She then screamed, fuck you, bitch, fuck off, no, enough, fuck you, in front of people over and over again. And that was the end of the um, altercation. I then went and did my live show. Uh, I think that the audience was pretty fooled, but I don't think Rabia was, (laughs) that I had been
1: a bit shaken up. Well, I mean, you walked into the room, came straight up to the stage, and I was expecting how Ellen usually walks into the room, you know, which is lighting it up. Um, and you were clearly shaken. And I I felt you were off the entire show. Off, not meaning that you didn't do a great job. You did a great job. But I know your energy. And your energy was a very different energy. And I could tell. And that would happen to anybody. Who is going to, like, experience what you just experienced and then just, like, you know what I mean? Like, of course it's going to affect you and impact you. And then yeah.
0: Joey yeah. and I had to do Christopher Narrates Your Life. Again, remember. All right. We have been the, right the,
1: afterwards, right, right yeah, afterwards. Right after
0: yeah. the term "the show must go on" is not a one-off. That is that is drilled into our head. Joey and I have both performed on Broadway with sprained muscles, um emotional. De- you, the show goes on. You 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 leave it at the door. You enter stage, and for two and a half hours, you don't have problems. You are an entertainer. Is that is that a fair thing to say, Joey?
2: Yes. In the words of a very famous uh, musical, The Book of Mormon, you turn it off. I mean, it's literally all you can do. I also just want to say real quick, um, Ellen, I just want to say, you were alone in that elevator with the two of them. And then when you got out of the elevator, you were greeted by someone who was helping that weekend. I don't know if I should say her name. But the minute you got out of the elevator, you were escorted. You had a witness all the way.
0: No, we walked for a bit. We walked for a bit on the um, walkway, and then she met me. So she saw me apologizing and saying, I'm so sorry. This affected you and um and then she saw that the obviously the final outburst. Yeah.
1: Harris, were you there too? I felt like you were outside or something, no? No,
4: I had been okay. because I was with Ellen most of the weekend, but the reason she was yeah. alone was Joey and I were doing tech setup for the show. So I was in the room when <laughs> I Ellen forgot about that. You got
1: me the tissues. Yes, I right. remember now.
0: Okay. So <laughs> we did Christopher narrates your life and I went off stage and I was explaining to my mom today that I don't I don't always listen or identify things in my body um, in 2018 I was diagnosed with CPTSD. I don't talk about it very often um, and I recognize some of those symptoms coupled with my ADHD at uh, Joey has seen it. It usually manifests itself in high um, levels of like anxiety the way I can just say I just get very short and you know I can't really process very well. So after Christopher narrates your life, I actually started to have, I don't really know how to put it into words, Harris was there, sort of a a physical, I, I feel like I was trying to mentally ignore it, but my body was kind of like, no, we're dealing with this now. I kind of blacked out a little bit, Harris. I think I just kept saying I, I don't want to be dramatic or something like that.
4: Yeah. I mean, and also it was the first because the the live show went a little long because this had happened right before. So it was the first like even two minute break you had. And I think because you got you had to stand still for a second, your butt, you started shaking, you were really upset and you just kept repeating yourself because you were trying to process it because you hadn't had a second.
0: I don't remember what I said. (laughs) What did I say?
4: I think you just kept repeating, I didn't know them. I didn't know them. You were trying to figure out why it had happened.
0: Right. That is a big thing that I will go back to because I've, I've never had the impetus to speak to somebody like that. But anyway, so then I told Harris... I said, do they have any programming for the rest of the day? Because if they had programming, they would at least be in a place that I wasn't. And they didn't have programming. So in my mind, I thought, oh, they could show up to our karaoke or they could show up to our meet and greet. And my instinct was just, I just need to get through this day. So I told Harris, I said, if they don't have programming, Harris, you can explain. I said, I I think they, they should be removed so that I can continue on my day feeling safe.
5: Um, I came into all of this at that moment, Ellen, when you were backstage after the improv. And yeah, that I was not a, really aware. Like we had sort of all texted that this interaction had happened. But at that point, most of us didn't know how serious it was like we just sort of thought it was like oh fuck you bitch in the hallway like we didn't realize what had happened Mm.
6: and you were
5: definitely in a state of like of like fawn and freeze and you were shaking and like I don't know that I've I mean I've seen you cry you and I have been through a lot together but you were definitely um something was not right um and I just wanted to pipe in with, with my, you know, my experience of it. Um, And also just the fact that you were able to do your live show and the improv and like, yes, the show goes, must go on, but like you were, you were a goddamn beast. Um, And I also just want to say very quickly that I've thought about this a lot. There is absolutely no reason that that woman should have associated your name with anything because you didn't speak I mean, yes, your name is in the article, right? Because you had
3: the podcast with you had
0: did my uh, name appear in the article? I did not yeah. I did not lend it any, did, But yes, it, it doesn't
3: center on no, you. No This is all
5: I can come up with. And I'm I'm an idiot, but like I don't know how she possibly could have associated your name with the drama unless she had been specifically told by one Absolutely. specific person
3: and or had been parties specific yeah parties
5: yeah i think that she had been weaponized because again if she was angry at anybody it should have been amber because amber is the one who went on the record
6: plus, plus i deserve a lot of anger all the time yeah amber's
5: <laughs> awful she's the worst like she is such a task a whole so, other
1: article about amber don't you worry Okay, but, but, that's, but that's the thing I kept saying to Ellen. But what do you have to do with what she's talking about? Oh, what is she, and what does she have to do with it? Forget you. What the heck does she have to do with I any of it? I have no idea. Which is still, I'm still a mystery I want to solve. I want to be like, what is your stake in any of this, whatever right. your name is, this ter- terrible Newell?
0: I asked Harris. A friend of mine who was backstage with me um, is a therapist and explained that I was probably having some kind of trauma response. And I... Robbie and I have talked about this a lot and I and I want to talk about this with this about this specific person. I have a hard time coming to terms with any part of victimhood it, that it just it it feels very uncomfortable. I don't like blaming my actions on things even though I know they are a direct result, but I have a hard time sort of labeling them as such. So what my friend was explaining to me you know was trying to you know explain what my what my body was doing
4: yeah and i think it's important context that the next event was downstairs and pretty far away so we then had about like a seven minute walk which is why we were feeling the first two events were in the same room so we didn't have to leave but at this point it was going to be like you were exposed for a pretty long walk that we were getting concerned about so i went to go find the ceo of mischief management who i was told by staff was the one who made the call of whether or not they can remove someone from the event um and on my way to speak to her, Joey, I don't know if you – because you went and you had an encounter with her first before I got there. Do you want to talk about
0: that first because it adds a little context? She
2: has a name. Are we not yeah. saying her name on purpose? Yeah, we can
0: say her name because it's Google-able. I mean, Yeah. Her Melissa is- yeah. Anella, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I bumped into someone from the Obsessed Network and I said, I need to speak with you. And he said, no. And I said, I need to speak with you. And he said, no, you can speak with her and pointed to Melissa. And so the minute I got to her, she was like this. And I, I, and I just made a face that was um, not, she was not interested in what I had to say. And I said, listen, my podcast partner was verbally assaulted. She feels unsafe and I feel unsafe. Um, She's in emotional duress um, and we need to have them removed. And she goes, we are investigating the situation. Um, You were not in that elevator and... Uh, basically, ins- she didn't insinuate it. I can't remember exactly what she said, but she did say that Ellen had instigated it. And I was like, okay. I was like, that is not what happened. And she said, well, you were not in the elevator. And I'm like, something has to happen here. And Josh was with me. He was my witness. I said, okay, Josh, I see.
0: Discord daddy, for those of you who don't know, Josh. Yes. Is Discord daddy.
2: Yeah. And that's when I said, oh, I see what's happening here. Okay. I see that I'm not going to get anywhere with you. And I just walked away.
4: So I ran into Joey on his way back and I was explaining to him, Ellen doesn't feel comfortable doing the remaining two events. So, and he told me what happened. And I was like, well, I'm going to go speak to her and say, y'all are pulling out of this event if that doesn't occur. The minute I walked up to her, I got the same reaction as Joey, arms crossed, just kind of staring at me. And I said- hi, I assume you've been briefed on what happened. Um, You know, I just spoke with Ellen and she just doesn't feel comfortable continuing with the day if these two people are not removed. And she said, we're not removing anybody. And I said, okay, so to clarify, you don't even want to hear essentially, you know, follow up because as an event company, you would think they would need to hear a security or harassment complaint. They also had a harassment policy posted around the event um, that said they would investigate. So she said, no, we're not removing anyone. You all can do whatever you want to do. So I said, okay, well, I, you know, I think we're not going to continue with the two events, but they would like to meet their fans. And she said, well, you have to go off property. And I said, that's completely fine. We will go off property. Um, And I said, let me go speak with Ellen and make sure this is what she wants to
0: do. And then I'll go talk to the meet and greet. So then I went back and talked to you. That that policy states this. The safety of everyone at the event is our first priority. We have a zero tolerance policy for harassment of any kind, including but not limited to verbal or written comments displayed images that are harmful, um, and it goes on to you know list re- regarding sexual orientation disability. It says, if someone's behavior makes you uncomfortable or if you witness harassment happening to someone else, you should immediately contact staff. As of today, um, the Mischief Management Code of Conduct page goes to an error page, as does the code of conduct page on Obsessed Fest. Both of those links now go to an error page. And I was not asked any follow up questions by anyone at Mischief Management regarding what happened. And I wasn't asked about the event. I was not asked anything.
1: It's quite an investigation going on.
0: The two events that I had were not a priority. Neither was my safety. Neither was my mental health. I wasn't even asked if I was okay. But their presence just being there superseded all of those things. And all of those things, taking myself out of it, affected our attendees because they didn't get to sing their karaoke songs that some people have been practicing for months. Come people coming up to me saying that they were excited. Joey and I have always made it very clear that we are only our only place in this community is because of the people who support us. We will never stop saying that. And we could have backed out of Obsessed Fest, and it did not even cross either of our minds. So many people came up to us and said, well, at least you don't have to do Obsessed Fest this year. And even my brother said that to me. And we were like, no, actually, we 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 can't wait. Um, It never even crossed our minds not to come because the only two reasons we were there was for our community and for our colleagues that we rarely get to see because we're all scattered. Ellen was just
1: there for me. No, but it's true. We had (laughs) so much
0: fun last year and that that was a big part of it. I would never say that that isn't. It's a huge part of it. And I didn't even know Maggie. Amber, I didn't even know you guys knew about it. I didn't have my phone. I didn't know what people knew. I just sort of put my head down and kept going.
3: It was on Reddit immediately. But by the time you had texted the group saying like, oh my God, I was just assaulted, it was we had already heard it on Reddit. Right. Like There was enough witnesses to what had happened.
2: Yeah. And also, I'm just going to put this out there for technicality with, let's say, specifically contractual obligations. We had everyone on the front lawn Of that hotel I don't even know how many people we met but we had hundreds of people lined up so technically we did fulfill our meet and greet obligation which that's one of our favorite parts Um, and we actually saw more people than we would have and also we didn't get to do the carry out karaoke on karaoke (laughs) the karaoke on ground on site but we did karaoke later that night off-site so technically we fulfilled our obligations
0: right let me let me go back for context so when we decided when they made the call that they were not going to be removed and that our safety was not a concern Harris then went because we did not want to let our people down so then Harris went to go explain to everyone that was in line what had happened Harris can you share what happened there
4: Yeah, you all had decided to do the meet and greet in the hotel because we were no longer part of the event. So I went down to the meet and greet room to let everyone know to then move to the new location. Um, The minute I opened the door, I caught the very end of Melissa explaining to the meet and greet room that meet and greet wouldn't happen. And as soon as she saw me, she started kind of aggressively saying, get out of here, get out of here, you can't be in here. And I was very confused and I said, can I tell them where to go? And she said, no, you're not part of this event. And she kind of like led me out of the room. Um, as soon as the door closed, she said, I'm calling security on you. And I said, well, I don't understand why you would call security on me if I haven't even been asked to leave. And she said, well, I'm asking you to leave. And I said, that's fine. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I just wanted to tell them I, I'm leaving. And she and I had two people with me as well. So I have two witnesses here as well, in addition to multiple written statements from people in the meet and greet room. Um, and that's important later. So she continues walking behind me, basically keeps saying she's going to be calling security. And I continue saying, I I am leaving. I I am choosing, I'm leaving. I don't, you don't need to call security. I'm happily leaving. I don't want to be here. Um, she walked me all the way to the front door. So she never turned around. She escorted me all the way to the front door and said, I'm no longer part of the event. I cannot be, be on those grounds.
2: And I just want to say too, that she later on said that, she did not tell you to leave, that you decided to leave. Um, That's important to note because her story changed later on. I had a conversation where I was met with a woman named Sarah who could not have been lovelier. She looked so uncomfortable. She was like, I just wanted to be here and have a good time. And she met me and she says, you need to speak with Melissa. And I said, great. Melissa came and basically, and I have this conversation recorded. I know she recorded it on her end as well. And she said, we are not going to remove anyone. If you're saying you feel uncomfortable and that we need to remove Collier and Tara, then we have to remove you two as well. And I said, okay. I was like, I am not going to allow my best friend and podcast partner to be uncomfortable. I'll go and talk to her, give her the options, and we'll discuss it. And then I got on the phone with her later and I said, well, um, you know, if you're going to remove us... You said uh, you said that in order to remove them, you have to remove us. So we'll go with that option. And she said, "I never, I never said that." And I was like, "Excuse me, that's exactly <laughs> what you said." And she was like, "I never said that. If you're choosing to leave, you're just choosing to leave." And I was like, "Okay, this is what we're dealing with. Got it."
0: So that is the sort of layout of what happened, and we have have gotten stories that their story of how the exchange happened is very different. And obviously there's an open investigation right now. We only did that to protect ourselves because Maggie, Joey, Amber, and I know how this goes. And my first thought was... I will not have this narrative be changed because anybody who knows me knows that I can stand for a lot. I will not stand for being uh, lied about. I, I make plenty of fuck-ups that are delicious fodder for anybody who wants it, so I don't need additional uh, things. You can say and have an opinion on anything I say or do, but I will not, I will not have inaccurate information said about me, online or otherwise.
1: The decision that Melissa made... To have Harris escorted off, or to not kick them out—that was it. Was that really her decision? Who who call, who makes a, Who calls those shots? For real?
2: Well, technically, like she does. Really? As the the you know, I mean, technically, I mean, yes, obviously, she. I think the technicality is it will fall on her because she is. Is it fair? Is she the CEO of mischief yes. management? Yes. Yeah. So she's the director. It falls on her. Um, it apps it, it absolutely does fall on her now as far as outside influences are there space is is there space for that of course there is
1: I just assume that the company hiring you to manage their event is that they're gonna this buck stops with them and they make these decisions it's not like it's an outside There's not entity. A clear line yeah I think around.
3: all of these decisions are made together and I think going back to what we spoke about in the beginning how why does Tara know all of this hmm. I think there was or I would. She
6: knows. Let's right. <laughs> I would that. make
3: a guess that there was a lot of discussion that we weren't aware of behind hands of this is how this is going to be handled. A lot of Joey and Ellen like be on the lookout for those. I really feel there was something like that going on, and that's what I think honestly is the most sinister thing about this. We got through Friday. We were like, we were like, this has been fine. No interactions. There was no confrontations. Who freaking knew? it was going to come out of left field from someone that wasn't even involved. You know, like that is not what we were all watching out for.
2: Just two things I want to mention real fast. Uh, One, Collier, and I have permission from this person to say this, Collier and Tara's handler for The weekend is one of our Facebook mods. So everything that they said, I know what they said. I know the narrative that was being pushed. Mm. They were saying things like, Ellen had a confrontation with another podcast partner. First of all, that didn't happen because I was with Ellen. It did not happen. Um, and then a couple other narratives that they were trying to push um, because I did go and speak with Collier. Um, and I wasn't going to address Tara, I was going to address Collier. Um, and when I addressed him, I said, Hi, I'm Joey and I heard that you verbally assaulted my podcast partner. We need to have a conversation." And Tara came out of nowhere, and thank God it's all on video, where she turned on the white lady tears and weaponized them because there was a group of people around us and she was trying to make it seem like she was in danger. Go away,
3: go away, no, go, go away. Go away, go away. I was literally, I was, we were in the elevator, my It was the week of us. No, this is please. from,
2: this is from, I'm talking about my own because I introduced myself to you. I didn't get, I You introduced us earlier. Yes, but I was talking about when she went in there, we went over alone. Please leave alone. Please leave us
3: alone. Like, okay, you
2: you're you you're you're you a slow. lot of I'm going to walk with you. Leave us alone. Okay. I'm happy to want to talk to you yes, I, I would. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll okay. sit down with okay. you okay. okay. no, 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 no. okay. no. I didn't even address her. Oh, and you can see it all in the video. Doing.
1: Mm-hmm. We saw the video. Oh, yeah.
2: And mm-hmm. he then said, Well, you know, yesterday there was a thing where Ellen said something to, I mean, it's in the video. I'm not going to say her name, but like Ellen said something, caused trouble, caused trouble and said something to this podcaster. And I said, That didn't happen. I was in the room. Um, and that's when I realized oh, you're liars. So you did something that you're not proud of. There's a huge backlash. And now you're trying to backpedal. Both of them lied about that account. I know that because I was in the green room with Ellen when that happened. Neither of us addressed that person or acknowledged them. We never acknowledged that person because they've never bothered to acknowledge us or even be polite. So that story, that narrative was absolutely manufactured. By Collier, um, and I think that they have so, been just. Wrapped just to up be in- clear,
1: just to be clear, what he was saying to you, Joey, was that we Ellen said some shit in the green room, and we—that's what he's saying. And you were there the whole time. You know that never happened. Never.
2: Also, I just want to put this out there: uh, <laughs> is that our friend, who was their handler, the mod, said to me, "Well, you know, he was telling people that you rushed him." that I rushed him to go and speak with him. And that when I realized his size and what a big man he was (laughs) that I I backed off. So I'm gonna leave that, I'm gonna leave everyone to sort out that kind of toxic masculinity. My whole thing is, is I do not like men who yell at women. If that makes you feel like a big, strong man, great. I'm not afraid to speak. I have dealt with straight men my whole life who have something to say that is not the account. Uh, That is not what happened. Again, it's all on video, but again, it's the lies. You can say whatever you want about me. I didn't rush you. Uh, Was I upset that my podcast partner slash best friend was upset? Absolutely. But I know how to conduct myself in a professional environment because I've been in show business for a very long time. Your reputation is everything. I'm not going to throw my reputation around Throw, I'm not going to throw my reputation away for someone wearing a hot pink t-shirt that says true crime Ken on it.
0: That
1: That, was, was
3: so that, was that awesome. is the
0: most... Talk about
3: ethics. Disgusting.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to hand the floor over to Amber because she had something to say. I would like to say that I did a little research on Tara last night. I'm do- so
1: surprised about this.
0: <laughs> well, because I knew her name, but she... On her Instagram bio, which I only could see for a minute because then she blocked me, was that her claim, not claim to fame, her, her elevator pitch of her life is she's the one who killed Dirty John. She mm-hmm. killed her stepdad in defense, and that is her place in the true crime space, and that is not put on by me. That is what her Instagram says, and I do believe that in some worlds she might have been having some kind of PTSD reaction however there are there is a, a a lot of studies around perpetual victimhood that are very very interesting i'm sure you all can speak to it you know people who constantly seek recognition for their victimhood Kind of have a moral elitism about it there. It's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. And I do believe by her interaction with Joey, seeing that she did not have an answer for his questions and then turning on her tears to appear the victim. On top of
1: which, he wasn't even addressing
0: her. Correct. And I would also say since the video is so widely circulated, Joey keeps a very intentional safe distance from them. And he also has his hand out, making sure that he is not uh, uh, crossing any of their physical boundaries. And you can watch the video. He never... Uh, reacts or directs his speaking to Tara. He is only reacting to him and speaking to him. You can see his hands. He's maintaining his, It's. It, you can see his physicality. Except when she
3: comes in the middle. She comes in the middle of them getting very close to him. That is yes. the only time it's like a, a, oh my God, she might attack me situation. She was the one coming in.
0: There is a lot there and She couldn't possibly be drawing on her own experiences because I we've never met. We've never I I've never I have never heard of him. I do not know who he is other than now. I know he's apparently the true crime Ken and she's the true crime Barbie.
3: That's insulting to Ken and Barbie, by the way, who I love very dearly.
0: It's also insulting to have a podcast regarding podcast ethics and I think we are all in this space trying to make it better. And that's a massive step back.
6: Amber, what what was it you uh, wanted to say? What was interesting from my vantage point was that nobody talked to the other hosts about what was going on. Everything we learned was from Reddit. Not, and at first, I mean, so what we're hearing is that there is a woman who is very upset with Ellen because of an article that came out. And I was the only one there who was named in the article as a source. So I'm used to confrontation and, and sort of my knee jerk reaction was like, okay, so then she can come yell at me because I'm the, I'm the one who's named, right? But then Daisy was actually worried about that. Uh, Daisy and I do grab bag together. We're very good friends. And she was like, well, I'm worried about your safety. And nobody came to talk to us about that. That's the part I I can't attest to things that happened before I saw Ellen immediately after the confrontation. Uh, I the the notion that I I saw in some posts that you know she was enjoying it. Oh, the fuck she was. She was shaking. <laughs> she was crying. I hugged her. You know, this was Who not. Who says that? What a disgusting person. I know pe- people are gross, but. So while I wasn't concerned, you know, I've knocked on murderers doors in Detroit, in Cincinnati and, you know, all all the places I've worked. I've I've had to do very ugly confrontational style interviews. Um, So my my knee jerk was like, no, I'm fine. I can handle this. That's like my response. Right. But Daisy was scared and nobody talked to Daisy. And that bothers me a lot, even though she was scared on my behalf. Like you don't let people learn shit on Reddit. You take control of the situation and you make sure everyone feels safe. Here's the thing
1: that I keep coming back to is like she references James Renner article. And by the way, for the record, James reached out to Ellen and to me. And we didn't respond, right? We just, we didn't say yes, no, maybe we just didn't respond. I said, I said, no, thank you. I, oh, you I, did? Okay.
0: I I finally did after I talked to Maggie.
1: We literally publicly, you haven't made any, You until now, you've said nothing publicly. I declined to, and what's we, crazy to me is that if she was upset about that article, and there's a little bit of backstory between her, her and Renner, which I also want to like, I think it's important to mention because it's just kind of weird to me, but I'm just having trouble like connecting the dots and understanding what they mean, is that if she was upset about that article, I would expect her to maybe confront the people who actually were named in the article, who actually came forward and were like, you know what I mean? Whose interests is trying to protect? It seems like she's trying to protect obsessed network interests. Why? What is your stake in it? If this is really about the article, then why aren't you confronting the people who are named in the article? Why are you going after somebody who's not even like, who has who, who didn't even you know, talk to the reporter. Um, to me, that it's a pretext. It seems like a pretext. That article is a pretext. One of the things I learned about um, Tara as, you know, listen, I mean, we were at Obsessed Fest, but there are people, lots of people who didn't attend, but were messaging and are watching this shitstorm storm online. And like, what is even happening over there? And some, one of my friends told me who knows a lot about all this stuff. Billy Jensen allegations. Tara Newell was one of the people who Billy assaulted. Okay. And Apparently, allegedly at the time assaulted,
3: was, allegedly assaulted, allegedly
1: assaulted, right? And so, apparently, at the time that those allegations came out, apparently, James Renner was defending Billy Jensen. Like, you know, there's like, there she already has some kind of a she has an enmity with James Renner. That, but that again, I don't see the connection to all of this. I stuff didn't here. know that. I just feel like,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm like
0: until yesterday when I was doing my research. The very clear answer, Rabia, is the narrative is that I have orchestrated all of this. So that is why she came after me, because that is the narrative that she was fed. Is she a puppet? Yes. Would I ever speak to someone the way she spoke to me? So out of the blue... I mean, I have balls of steel. That woman's got balls of fucking titanium. It's almost,
3: and not to diminish any of the trauma that you're going through, Ellen, but it's almost like the cover-up is worse than the actual incident, that they are twisting the narrative, taking down web pages, not addressing things. There's, There's guests, there's hosts that feel incredibly unsafe and uncomfortable, and they just cover it up, brush it under the rug. It was Ellen. That, to me is worse than some unhinged woman coming for you in an elevator, to me. The cover-up and the gaslighting.
0: This is Ashley Gibson. Ashley was with me all weekend. She is my friend, and she just lovingly was like, I don't want you to be alone. And she basically was just there, just handing me water and taking care of me and making sure I was breathing. And she was the one who witnessed um, the last part of the altercation with the two.
7: I do, and I appreciate you trying to protect me uh, in this situation but it was I just for a little bit of background I'm nobody people have asked Stop who I am in the, in the podcast world I'm nobody but I do have a decade of production management experience and crisis management experience uh, in a former life coming into this scene as a friend of Ellen and I also have a background in psychology and criminal behavior so it was well-timed uh, that I ran up on Ellen I essentially When I figured out nobody was with her, we had an escort all weekend. And when I figured out no one was with her, I took off running down the hallway uh, and saw her with two people who I assumed were attendees, the way they were speaking with her and speaking to her. Uh, All she kept saying was, I don't know you. And so when I ran up, you said you'd walk some time. I ran up roughly 50 feet uh, past the elevator because I was in a full run when they looked aggressive from far away and I'm probably the only person that didn't black out during this time I went into crisis management mode and I started texting discord daddy uh, that we needed assistance but they were moving too quickly and so we were just trying to get you in the room and upon entering the room after she screamed f off at you which was unhinged um in f- <laughs> in front of fans she didn't she and caught Collier, Collier, Collier. Cauliflower, um, didn't stop when the fans, like when we met the fans. So it started in the hotel. They came all the way through the convention center lobby. There were fans lined up to almost the convention center doors where it met the hotel. And they didn't stop the whole time. They continued to verbally aggress. And at one point I tried to get between them and Ellen to kind of, stave off and separate and they continued to follow and there was a mischief management handler that also met me because I yelled for her and I was like help assistance there's one of me and two of these people and she came up too and I think tried to get you out of the way and they continued to chase us so immediately when we got in the doors whoever the mischief management person said I'm sorry I'm sorry about that I'll contact our security or whoever and I thought it was being handled and then you shut it down and went on your show and so I was waiting for some feedback and there was none and someone showed up and we told them what happened and there was no follow-up after that so extremely disappointing from coming from a crisis management production management side and also for people that um because I've heard around because the attendees talk and so i've heard around that collier was saying there was nobody around us except for fans joke is on them because i do look like a fan and i did that on purpose so congratulations yeah
4: i think that's a really good point that and i want so two mischief management handlers were told two hours in advance before joey and i ever spoke to the ceo and i'm a you know they were saying they were escalating it so that does mean there was a two-hour window where the ceo Knew this had happened, and probably had time to talk to other people who make these decisions. It wasn't just, and yet, did not her. come
1: to seek out anybody to seek no. out Ellen and say, "Are you okay?" Did anybody from Mistress Man- Management at all, Ellen, approach you? anybody from the staff and say, "Are you okay?"
0: I think Gabby was there backstage, right? So the, the, there was. Uh, she doesn't work for Mischief. She is an independent contractor. She was like our official handler for the weekend. Yeah. She was lovely, yeah. but she is a She is literally just a a person with a headset that needed that made sure I got from point A to point B. She was lovely. And I would like to say that Natalie Grillo also came just to check on me and just said, are you okay?" And, you know, it's so funny because I know I I did sort of black out in phases. And I do know my answer just just kept being I'm not I'm not okay," But I didn't really know what else I said because I wasn't okay. And I don't like saying I I'm trying to stop doing that. Cause I do always say I'm okay when I'm not. And I don't, I think Natalie was there for a couple seconds. And for those of you who don't know, Natalie Grillo is the production supervisor at Obsessed Network. And she was pissed.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. she is
0: still a dear friend of Joey and I, and she's a lovely yeah, person but... <laughs> and she is in a very precarious situation. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
3: I, I talked to Nat last night and, um, We love her very dearly, is what we can say. Um, The other thing that I, I think is really fucked up that people should know too, is not only were they not asked to leave, but they were at table during the drag brunch. So not only were they not asked to leave, but they were then supported and enabled after all of this.
2: Listen, two things can exist at once. One, you can be a victim, also, you can be out of control. And I think that this was a person when, in my experience, who was, experience, who was in duress for reasons that had nothing to do with us. Um, and so would I say that she was made the priority in all of this? Absolutely. What those reasons are, I can only speculate, but it doesn't take bill nye the science guy where is he how is he um to figure out why
1: can can i just say though, joey it was it's it is much worse actually than the the supposition that they were made priority these it if somebody is if somebody's a threat to somebody else's safety in a public space a public event it doesn't matter why Frankly, it doesn't matter in that moment. I'm not gonna sit and assess their childhood trauma or whatever it is. It doesn't matter why. The priority there is to make sure everybody's safe. And this is a person who's clearly unsafe for whatever reason. We have no and you are letting her roam that convention with all of your guests. They just were like, we don't care about not only the safety of Ellen, we don't care about the safety of any of right. y'all. It was such a middle finger to everybody who is there attending at the call for for what? for, you know, so that's why I just, you're very generous, Joey, In and, and, and even Ellen, I'm sure like Ellen's probably researching trying to figure out what is making this woman tick. I do not give up. I don't give a I shit I don't either. care. Yeah.
2: To your point, even Kristen Caruso from uh, Let's Go to Court made a statement saying, I had a great time this weekend. We loved meeting everyone. However, there's a reason we weren't at the drag brunch. Uh, and it's, yeah. trust me, I wanted a mimosa, but I don't understand how someone who says fuck off, bitch, to another um, another host of an event is allowed to stay. There's a reason we left. So, you know, and the thing is, is those those two women are lovely, but I don't know them that well, that we we don't, you know, we don't have the kind of relationship with them yeah. that I have with y'all, but they they know what's up.
3: But that's yeah. the thing. It's not about... Ellen, it's about the safety of, I mean, it, it was in that moment, but it's no, no, so now right. so much more. The premise is somebody was made to feel unsafe. They were cornered in a box in an elevator they couldn't escape from. And that person was still there. And it was very clear who went to the drag brunch and who did not and who there was mm-hmm. anyone saying they didn't know this happened they fucking knew it happens and they fucking chose to go to the drag brunch. Yeah. Just gonna and, and, say and
1: that. I, and I, and I, I don't I'll call me a skeptic, but this passing out, I mean, like I keep hearing about this. I don't know exactly the context. I don't know where it was, why it was. I don't know if she's drunk. I don't know what was happening. But given those tears I saw in that video, Joey, I'm sorry. I think it's, I can't help but think that might've been part of the woe is me. I need to display my trauma somehow. And you know what I mean? Like I, I just don't believe it.
0: White lady tears are very dehydrating. Yeah, I know yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't rehydrate, honey, you will well, pass.
1: Brown home. woman tears are too. So I get <laughs> yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But I
3: want to clarify for listeners that we're not like shitting on somebody who has mental health issues. It, that is not what it is. Because I made a very clear post on Reddit that I have very serious mental health issues, as do a lot of us, and none of us act that way. This is not about her PTSD. This is not about, you know, her killing somebody in defense. This is about being a fucking adult and putting on your big girl pants and not being a spoiled fucking brat. And that's what happened.
7: For all intents and purposes, for anybody that saw that situation, all they saw were hundreds of attendees get traumatized and have no context of the situation. And no one checked on the attendees for the rumor to be going around that I was an attendee. And didn't have content. No one checked on me after to say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you witnessed that happening or, you know, accidentally got in the middle of that.
0: We've taken statements from people, but no official statements were taken by mischief management. Trust and believe we have them. I was trying to really summarize what I was feeling because I was feeling again I don't like sitting and I this is I don't know how else to phrase this so excuse that I haven't really thought it out. I don't like sitting in a place of victimhood. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me it's the same reason that I hate celebrating my birthday. I hate weird kinds of attention. Which is counterintuitive because all I do is, like, wear bright clothes and scream, like, look at me on stage. But when it comes to think different kinds of situations, I hate that kind of attention, which mm-hmm. is why I was very deliberate to kind of find a quiet place. Just Daisy was there. Harris was there. My friend Barry was there. I, I felt safe and I felt like I could express myself. I, I personally don't feel safe doing that in public. I I, I I haven't unpacked why, but I was trying to also think about what really broke my heart, which was the people who we were there for, who we were all there for witnessing this on a next level and, and exactly what Ashley said, traumatized. And I found this post on Facebook. I actually don't know this person. She's not an ITN listener. And I'm not going to I'm just going to read it because it really, really summarized a lot of what I was thinking She said she this is uh, in the middle of it. So this isn't the whole thing. It says, however, there is no denying that every single one of us that attended Obsessed Fest 2023 suffered the consequences of their unresolved interpersonal and workplace drama. Consequences range from spending money on an event that didn't meet the criteria of what was to be included with the purchase. The mental anguish of finding ourselves in the middle of a pretty hostile environment And then the humiliation of it all when we realized we were duped into believing them, supporting them and showing up for them. I hear that. And that is that put into words a lot of the swirling emotions that I was feeling this weekend.
1: Danielle, Danielle wrote that post and she is a listener and she's on the Zoom oh, evening. okay.
0: I thought that person said that they didn't listen to. I, I it wasn't. That wasn't a job. I just, I didn't recognize the name, and I recognize a lot of our listeners. But thank names you, Danielle. And, yeah. Um. Thank you for saying that.
2: It's just so unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because it didn't have to be this way. There really is so much camaraderie um, in this world. Um, there is a handful of people who do not understand that, don't appreciate it, don't care about it um and that is also something that landed on me too is just there was someone who said this was my vacation my first vacation in a year i left my baby home with my husband i've been a nervous wreck but i was thinking i'm going to come here and i'm going to have a good time i want to laugh and just be a nerd with all of us because we're all nerds and they were robbed they were robbed of an experience. It did not have to be this way. Um, I am. I think all of us have worked for people or with people. Certainly, I know being in show business as long as I have been, uh, where you don't feel protected by people who should protect you, it is a feeling that lingers for a long time. It harbor You end up harboring resentment or uh, anxiety all because of it it really makes me fucking angry. And it's such a waste. And the other thing is, is that we're all talking about uh, true crime with real people, people who disappear, people who lose their lives. You know, The subject matter can be so heavy. And here we are where there's an opportunity to be like, oh, but you know what we have done is we have learned a lot from this world on how to be accountable, how to take care of people. That was not fucking done. It was an easy, obvious choice on what could have been done and they chose not to for whatever reasons. And to those people who chose not to act to protect people who feel or felt, felt or continue to feel unsafe, fuck you.
1: Yeah, first I just want to say that when Ellen walked in and began telling us what happened, Joey was on stage with me. Joey, I I need to know what, I need everybody to know the kind of friend Joey is. Joey jumped up and said, "Where? Who?" Ran off the stage, booked it down the aisle. I was like, "Oh, somebody's getting arrested today." I like <laughs> did not give a- up. <laughs> you know, we're talking about this. It's not an isolated event, but really, like, like this interaction, and then, and then like the fall. But there are so many other things that that were so effed up about this weekend. Yeah. Um, and yeah. my understanding is that a lot of attendees are not done. They're going to get their accountability. They're really upset about a lot of different things. So I feel like this to be fire. I mean, it, 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 it'll be a documentary made about this past weekend at some point.
3: But don't worry, he's going to do another because he's made enough new friends that none of us matter anymore. I don't That's, think it's going to
1: happen. I do
0: want to give everyone um last thing to say, but something I wanted to address that is very important to me is a lot of Sort of naysayers online were saying, why do you all care? Meaning to like the 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 listeners, the community, the down bitches, why do you care? Why are you getting involved? A lot of, you know, the buzzword parasocial relationship, you know, kept coming up. You all are so weird. Now, for those of you who don't know, a parasocial relationship is defined as a one-sided relationship where one person is extending all kinds of interest, emotional energy into a relationship and the other person is completely unaware of their existence. I find parasocial relationships to be very complex, very, very much more than just watching someone online. The term was coined back in the 1950s. It is not a new word. It has just sort of taken on a new life of its own. However, I want to say to anybody who says that I, first of all, don't think parasocial relationships are weird. I feel like if I, who I am, I am in the basement of my house right now, barely hanging on with a microphone. I am truly a nobody. But if I can make someone feel inspired, encouraged, supported, seen in a way that that person doesn't get from other relationships in their lives. If they have those feelings of attachment and I can create a sense of comfort to people, that's not weird to me. That is my sincere honor. And during COVID lockdown, People gravitated towards online communities to battle loneliness, to battle depression. And I am one of those people. I was in our Facebook group. I was interacting with people, messaging people, because I do I am an like Joey. Both of us are extroverted introverts, but I did rely on the love from our community. So while there are extreme cases of fanatics, I don't think that includes anybody in our sphere but you know somebody who thinks they're married to barry manilow or something i do believe that exists but that is not anything that i have experienced i do not i do not begrudge or think less of anyone who felt very connected to this story and felt duped so i want everyone to hear when i say not that i i want someone to lead my charge or join my picket line But to the people that say that the people who care are weird, I just don't agree with you.
3: No, there's an absolute injustice happening and we are all humans. I think that's forgotten about sometimes. We're humans and we're people and we deserve respect and care. And the people that are standing up for us, they're the ones that are going to make a difference. If no one was making noise about this, we're all suffering alone. And now people see and now there is noise. And anyone who puts their fucking head down and shows up at the drag brunch knowing all of this, fuck you you're staying silent and you're part of the problem
1: Yeah.
2: well I just want to say first of all I don't appreciate you insulting my marriage to Barry Manilow. dying. Um,
1: I mean Idris Elba and I are very happy together so <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just want to say you know I really do love you all I that's the thing too is this is like there's so um, there's such a stark contrast between... Um, a specific group of people and how it's so menacing and their interactions. But like the group of people that this community has, uh, this community that we have formed, and I don't just mean with like amazing listeners, I'm talking about amazing podcasters too. It has certainly made me feel, you know, I was brought into this world and embraced in a way that I didn't know I needed. And Uh, with the the community and the listenership. I mean, my dad died and I had a hundred messages a day saying, hey, I lost a parent too. What can I do to help you uplifting me? It goes so much deeper. And I think that those kinds of relationships and that experience should be honored and also taken care of. And I I mean that. I mean that with listeners, but also with you all. I, I feel very um, grateful for the embarrassment of riches I have in love. We love you,
1: Joey. We're we're having a baby together, so I'm I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that we will continue that legacy. I saw you all on the dance floor. I mean, it was clear <laughs> that you're having a baby together. Um.
0: Um, do you guys? Amber is still here. If you guys have any closing words about what happened, thoughts, or anything you want to share before we end this very special edition of About
6: Damn Crime. I just want you to know how impressed how impressed with your professionalism I was all weekend and uh and I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of you too. <laughs> um Ashley or
0: Harris any you don't no, no pressure I just want to make Let's sure Let's just you all go are... around telling Ellen that she's no no no, no 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 please don't. Ellen you were
3: amazing.
0: I don't like compliments, oh, no, I, don't like compliments. I was going to
4: say she's going to get so uncomfortable. I it's I the best <laughs> ever. Stop. <laughs>
2: I've got a few notes. Is it now a good time?
0: You guys, Harris and I bunked up this weekend, and I left at like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I turned I was like, don't you worry. All our business trips are going to be as fun as this one. Actually, I, yeah, I
4: do. I have a lot of Ellen's clothes that were left in the hotel room, so if anyone wants anything, just contact me. I'll, I'll be selling them later today.
7: Yeah, I also just wanted to say in closing that uh, that Ellen is quite possibly... The worst person i've worked for she tried to feed me multiple times (laughs) during her trauma uh she tried to give me her water Mm. during the times when i was trying to give her water she tried to give it back to me and she tried to (laughs) forcibly make me rest while i was doing my job so i have never in my life been forced to take breaks and take care of myself so (laughs)
2: You didn't hear about how Ellen and I were so rude to, um, oh yeah, to the the team, to the mischief I team. Did. Well, I, actually, I have
4: some I have some theories
0: on who to, that might be. To the be. mischief yeah. team, we were so rude to uh, other attendees and other podcasters.
7: I, who yeah, said this? Where's this? That and to that person, is that, that said that that they weren't noticed. Person. yeah. To to that person that said they weren't noticed because they weren't wearing um, Ellen and Joey IT and merch. I just want you to know that I wasn't noticed. Because I was wearing IT in March. <laughs> so. so, yeah, I.
4: We,
2: you I, sneaky we, mom.
4: We have a good feeling on who that is.
0: Well, so. I think this is a great conversation in accountability, and we will probably have more, maybe in a couple yeah. more things. We will be probably processing this for the next couple weeks, but. I really enjoyed our live recording, Rabia, and we definitely will have that up for all of our listeners live. And we probably will have to add some supplemental information because it just – an hour just goes by so fast.
1: Yeah, and you well, know they, it's Herrick's all on Reddit if anyone needs to see. <laughs> yeah, well, Ellen, I was going to say – also, join our Facebook group if you haven't because I want you guys to all see a video of Ellen doing karaoke that same night and how she ended that night.
0: I can say I'm crazy, crazy,
1: But I was going to say, Ellen, you're probably going to kick my ass because I actually had a couple of uh, true crime stories that I pulled up. I'm like, are we actually talking about <laughs> I didn't know what we were going to do
0: today. Normally on About Damn okay. Crime, we do the headlines, but maybe we can do a supplemental one for the Patreon. No, no, no. We can do a bonus
1: or something. It's fine. There was nothing so big that I'm like, we it must be covered other than this. I we're think good. that
0: getting the truth out there and if anybody has questions as to anything, I am very big on transparency. I'm very big on receipts. I had a couple people reach out and ask me about, like, Roberta Blevins, who recorded a podcast with Tara and Kalia. Roberta is is lovely sweetheart. She came in. She was just—her head was spinning. She didn't know what to do. She had nothing to do with it. People were trying to associate her with them. She is lovely. We met each other online. She was our guest for our Waco um, about uh, a couple more things. And so there there are people swirling with more questions, and I am absolutely have the time to clear up any questions that anyone has. But for now, Maggie Freeling, Joey Taranto, Amber Hunt, Ashley Gibson, Harris Lane, and Meemaw up there in the corner, thank you for joining us on About Damn Crime. We
6: love, we
0: you. love you so much. We would not be here without you. We appreciate your continued support. We appreciate you listening. Please go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you feel like it, and follow us on social media at Rabia and Ellen and all of our lovely friends down here. And like hey. always, our DMs are always open, and we check them and we answer them, and we are happy to hear
1: from you. Tell us how you feel about all of this on Speakpipe too. <laughs> we
0: have a Speakpipe episode to air, and then yeah, oh yeah, give us a Speakpipe message: www.speakpipe/solve-the-case to leave us a message. Um,
1: until then, thanks for joining. Until next Bye, week. everyone. Bye guys.